My name is Key Miller, uh, short for Keelan. I am the youth pastor here at Change Point Northeast, and it is my privilege and honor to stand here before you today and speak once again. Uh, pastor Greg gave me this opportunity for the very first time about a year ago, and I tell you what, it's a lot easier now than it was back then. I don't think words can explain how nervous I was, and prayer didn't help. I prayed all day long, and God was just like, nope, you're going to suffer through this one. So... Uh, he, he has grown me in that, so I'm a lot more comfortable up here and to be able to stand and talk to you today. Um, speaking of, as I said, youth pastor, I just want to put in a shameless plug. Youth group is at my house today at 5 o'clock, most of you know, and uh, pizza and everything will be had, and we're going to fellowship there instead of directly after service like we normally do. All right, that's out there. Okay, so as Lee read, we're starting in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 9 through 12, but I want to take a look back at last week, what Pastor Greg talked about. Last week, he mentioned uh, in his message, living the gospel. He brought up the point of what it looks like, and he gave an example of motherly love because Paul stated that in verse 7, if you look back at it, uh, it reads, but we prove to be gentle among you as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. I think we can all agree when I say that motherly love is a very, very, very important thing, and it's very unique. There is absolutely nothing like it. Women will die for their kids. They do everything they can to protect them, nurse them, and raise them. And that is awesome, and it's very needed, and it's irreplaceable. But that is not the only thing that a child requires. A child also requires fatherly love. And that's what we're going to talk about today, and that's what I've titled my message title of today's message is, A Father's Love, What Every Child Needs. Now, knowing that being the title, let's take a look back. I'm just going to breeze through the text again, reading it out loud. For you recall, brethren, that our labor and hardship, how working night and day, so as not to be a burden to any of you, we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we have behaved toward you believers. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom. So right now I'm going to run down three basic things of what this, this text is saying, describing what a father's love is. Starting in verse 9 and 10, we see that a father's love is exemplary. Paul, Paul's giving an example of his fatherly love. And the first thing that he says, you recall, brethren, our labor and hardship, how working night and day so as not to be a burden of any of you. Paul was busy in his ministry. His whole mission was to share the gospel of God. He did it for the Philippians, did it for the Galatians, and so on. And here he is at the church in Thessalonica preaching the gospel of God. But he didn't just sit around as a preacher, on his high chair, giving out orders and telling people to listen to him because he was an apostle and he knew Jesus, he worked constantly. You see it in Scripture. He said he worked day and night. And that was important because how, what example would he be if he just sat back, great apostle sitting on his chair saying, oh, listen to me, I know everything, but nobody sees any work out of him. And he did that. And not just in any way. He says that he did it 
blamelessly. Next thing, well, that goes into the Christ-like character that he had. A father's love is exemplary through Christ-like character. There are many fathers out there who have no idea of who, who God is. And I'm sure we all agree when we say that we've seen the failures in our society due to that. A lot of knucklehead kids running around or fatherless kids running around because they don't have the, the knowledge of Christ, okay? But here Paul gives an example of what that is. He says, again in verse 10, you are witnesses and so is God, how devoutly, uprightly, and blamelessly we have behaved towards you believers. Fathers here at our church, I know some for sure, are an example of this. This is what we are called to be. This is what we aim to be at Change Point Northeast. All of you who know and are familiar with our church, we're a big outreach church. We outreach to our community. We seek to do things for Northeast Anchorage specifically, but just as our mission says, life in Christ for every Alaskan and the world beyond. And a good example of that is our point men. Any of you a part of point men? Raise your hand. That's a lot of guys out there. For you, those of you who don't know, Point Men is a group that we have that meets once a month, and they set up tasks to go out and serve the community. They focus on uh, widows, disabled, and single moms, or single parents. I don't want to just exclude men, too. Single parents who need things done to their homes, and they just get together, and they go out and do stuff. And these men are talented. I tell you what, we got electricians, contractors, tech-savvy people. I mean, these guys know everything. They could probably build you a house if you really needed them to. It's crazy. Like, I, I'm a city boy, and I get with these hard-knock guys and go out there, and they put me to work, and it's amazing because they know a lot, and they do a lot. And it's not just appointment. These are husbands. They have families. They come out, and they work in their community. They go out Monday through Friday, whatever their shift may be, and they work at their jobs. And then they go home, and they pour that right back into their families. Because you've heard it said time and time again here, family, your ministry starts at home. It is not enough to go out and do this for said person down Muldoon, and then to go to your job and impress your boss, and then to come home, take your shoes off, kick back, and relax. That is not a father's love. That is not exemplary of what a father's love looks like. It starts at home, because I don't care how much your kids disobey you, you are still their biggest example. You're their biggest role model, and they're going to do what you do. Next point, a father's love is exemplary through sharing the gospel. All this is null and void if it is not done all for the glory of God and through the gospel, the good news of his life, death, and resurrection. Because if it's not for that, then what? what, what what's the purpose? And that is why Paul behaved in this manner, to show people Christ-like characteristics, to show people Christ-like love. Jesus himself, he didn't just sit and do nothing. He was constantly moving, constantly reaching out to people, constantly healing, even in knowing that he was going to suffer a horrible death. And he was going to feel it. For those of you who don't know, just because Jesus was God's son doesn't mean that his crucifixion was painless because he had powers. No, he felt the weight of our sin in full in a way that we will never experience. And that is a true example of what a father's love is. Mothers will sacrifice their lives for their kids, but a father will too. We will bear that. And we should bear that. And in that, 
I'm sure all of you <laughs> heard the saying, do as I do, don't do as I say. I don't know where that came from. I'm telling you now, it ain't come from scripture. That's a bunch of crap, okay? <laughs> I've heard my parents say that, and I'm just like, but I want to do what you're doing. My dad didn't go to church. He stayed home, watched football on Sunday. He told me to go to church. Why well, I got to go to church? You at home watching football. I want to sit at home and watch football. <laughs> so we can't expect our children, church, we can't expect the community to do as we do if we're not doing it ourselves. If we only come to church on Sunday, pray, sing, and throw up the deuces and then go on about our lives, any new believer in their faith is going to do the same thing because, oh, I guess they got it figured out. This is what Christians do, so I'm going to go to church on Sunday too, and that's it. No, it is a constant night and day, like Paul said. It's constant, constantly exemplary. Point number two, a father's love is assertive. Read verse 11. Just as you know how we were exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as a father would his own children. So through sharing the gospel, Paul exhorted the Thessalonians. And if you look up the dictionary term for exhorted, it says he urgently, that's what it means, to urgently almost beg someone in regards of a matter. So he urged the Thessalonians to believe in the gospel of God. And again, I say, church, that's the same approach we need to have. We uh, recently went to a D6 ministries conference, which is um, a family conference based on bringing your ministry back at home, like we've been saying. You may see some of the workers here at church wearing shirts that say 1 over 168. That means that there's one hour that you spend listening to people like me talk at church, and then there's another 167 hours throughout the week of what? And that's what the conference was about. It's about bringing those 167 hours, bringing Jesus into your home, into your lives constantly, not just here at church. And our approach should be, we got 20 minutes. You encounter anybody, anybody in the street who does not know the love of Jesus Christ, you should feel like they got 20 minutes to figure it out. That is the urgency that Paul speaks of when he says that he was exhorting the Thessalonian church because he believed, just as we should, that Jesus Christ is coming back. Amen? There, he is coming. We do not know when, but he's coming. So how foolish would we be to think that, ah, Jacob at work doesn't really know Jesus, but I'm going to talk to him about that one day. One day, today's just not the right time. No. That's like holding on to the secret where the money tree is. You know where all the money is growing, and you can go get it whatever you want. It ain't never going to go nowhere, so you don't have to fight for it. But Jacob don't need to know that right now, even though he broke and got bills to pay. No. <laughs> We need to reach out. We need to share. We need to be urgent. We need to exhort. That is a father's love. And a father's love is assertive through encouragement. You don't just go share the gospel and be like, all right, good luck. Okay? You, you, you know now, right? Okay, you're never going to hear from me again, even though I'm going to see you Sunday. No, we have to continuously encourage our families. Encourage the young men that we just saw get baptized here today by their fathers. Their fathers will continue to encourage them to grow in their faith. We need to continue to encourage new believers here at our church, people at our jobs, because we're not meant to walk this alone. Jesus didn't even do it alone. He had his people with him, and it should be the same for us. Father's love is assertive 
through imploration. Now, this word threw me when I read it for the first time. I looked it up in the dictionary, and it said to, to urge piteously. And I thought, like, why, why is Paul feeling pity? And it didn't quite make sense, but then I thought about it. It's because he knows the truth. Jesus Christ is Savior, right? Amen? And there is no other way to, to see God's glory. Amen? We believe that wholeheartedly. And in knowing that, we should have pity on anyone who does not fully understand that because we know their inevitable eternity. Pastor Rick Holland went to Master Seminary, um, sat and listened to him speak one day. Greatest quote I probably ever heard in regards to hell. He said, hell is the truth learned too late. Hell is the truth learned too late. Because please believe, Lord forbid I ever ended up there, if there's anything wrong in my life, that would be the time that I'd be trying to get it right, and it's too late. It is too late. Family, we get one life and a whole eternity, and what you do now goes straight into what's going to happen for all eternity. Now, I would like to believe that everybody in here, we got that figured out. We are here. But look at all these empty seats. I'm sure they're within just the shopping center across the street. We probably go to one store and fill the rest of these seats. There are people out there who do not know what we know. They do not know the truth. They do not know where the money tree is, as I like to refer to it sometimes. So who are we to hold on to that secret? We're not going to lose anything if we give it up. We're going to be less of a Christian because, oh, I shared the good news of the money tree with everybody else. No. God blesses us for that. He honors us in that. He honored Paul. Paul used to kill Christians. He hated Christians. Then he got to see the love of Jesus, and he turned his whole life around with urgency, exhorting nonbelievers, encouraging nonbelievers, imploring nonbelievers. Paul was on mission. Fathers, we need to be on mission. Mothers, you're not excluded. You are on mission. Family, as a church, we should be on mission with pity for those who do not know Christ, reaching out to bring them into our house, into our family, or to some other family. They don't have to come here, but they, they should go somewhere so they can continue to grow. And finally, Father's love is foreseen. We look down in verse 12. Paul says, so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom. That goes right along with the salvation of someone. Let's just take a father, for example. He gets saved, he gets married, he has kids. With that knowledge of Christ, what do you think he's going to want for his wife and his kids? The same exact thing. So from the time they come out up until they're grown with their own kids, he is looking to preach the gospel to his kids and to show them Jesus Christ so that they may know God and all his glory for eternity. Without that, again, I say, what, what are we aiming for? If not for Jesus Christ, then what? It's all null and void if it's not for Jesus Christ. And me, if most of you don't know, I'm about to be a father. And I think about these things constantly. My wife is four weeks away from giving birth to our beautiful little girl, Kamea Selene. 
And I tell you what, I've never thought about a person I've never seen so much in my life. I've had so many conversations with that little girl. <laughs> but the most important thing is I think of how am I to be as her dad? How am I to show her Jesus Christ? How am I to prove to be that example? Who am I to look to? I don't know nothing about having kids. I mean, I can say all I want, but I've never done it. I have no idea what it's going to be like. So who do I look to? I look to Greg. Greg's got grown kids my age, successful. He's got a grandson, which is just an extension of his family. I look to all you guys out there. Y'all don't know, but I'll be watching. I watch y'all. And y'all are good with y'all kids. I'm not going to lie. Dante, Dante's got little girls. Not Dante, uh, Dennis. Dennis has little girls, and I love watching him because I got a girl coming. So I like to see what he's like with his little girl. And then Travis. Travis has got his two boys. I hope to have boys one day. And those are good kids. I've taught them in youth ministry. Travis, where you at? Good job, bro. (laughs) I'm excluding anybody. All y'all got good kids. I love the kids here. But these are things that even I need to see. Just because I stand here and speak to you today doesn't mean I got it all figured out. But I have seen it. I've read it in scripture. Paul has told me what I am to be like. But again, I say we can't do it alone. I can't just read scripture and figure it out. I have to come alongside my brothers and see that example. Y'all need to kick me in the butt when y'all see me failing my family or my wife. And that's what it's about. So when I bring that home to us, we need to be out there reaching for that community. We, we know we're here. We praise God. We know God. We are comfortable in our salvation. But that is, that's just the, the beginning. We need to take it out into the streets. Worship team, you can come up. And it all starts at home. I can't stress that enough. That's the last point I want to make to you today. And I say a father's love, but that is not exclusive to just fathers. Because sadly, there's, there's some people, there's some kids in this church who, today who do not have relationships with their fathers. That does not exclude me, Greg, Eric, Travis, Dennis. That does not exclude any of us from coming alongside them and exhorting them in their faith and encouraging them in their walk. And imploring them to make good decisions. To follow the truth in scripture. Which is one of the reasons why I do youth ministry. Because I was at church every Sunday my whole life. From from when I can remember, 11 years old. Every Sunday I was at church. And there were plenty of men at church. And this is after my mom and dad got divorced. Did any of them ever ever come alongside me and ask me how my faith in Christ was or how my walk was. Not at all. And and that's sad. It was all for good reason, but it's sad to think about. They were quick to tell me how I should dress or to turn my radio down when I pulled into the parking lot or they were quick to approach my mom and ask her how she was doing. Snakes. Snakes, man. (laughs) But there was nothing for me, so I was left to my own devices, and my devices were bad, y'all. Okay? So you don't, you don't have to be a father. If you feel like you got it figured out and you are confident enough to disciple somebody, you see somebody younger in their faith, somebody just younger in age, period, come alongside them. And if they push you away, so what? Do we not push Jesus away every day? We're sinners. We do it every day. So what? Love them anyway. They'll break. They have to because the power of God is, is beyond anything that they got going on. 
And you don't even have to be a man. Women, that motherly love, man, that goes a long way. I'm in the military. I've been away from home so long. I had my mama's cooking. She ain't brushed my head. <laughs> I miss mama. But I've, I have spiritual mothers. Pelzetta, my last ministry, Sue, godly woman. Just a hug from that woman can brighten my day. All because it was Christ-like motherly love. Jesus is an example of both. He's soft. He's gentle. He is loving. Makes you feel good and comfy. You heard it in Brandon's testimony. He's not nervous anymore because he knows Jesus. He listens to Caleb and everything just goes away. But Jesus ain't no wimp. Don't get it twisted. You keep acting up if you want to, you're going to fill him. Okay? <laughs> He's going to lay down the law. And I'm sure we have all felt that in consequence of our sins. And he is the perfect culmination of both motherly and fatherly love. That is why he is God. That is why he is whole. That is why he created men and women alike. Maybe it was just too much for a man to be, to give motherly love and fatherly love. So he created man and woman, which is why you have marriage. They come together, get a good godly man, a good godly woman. You put them together, you got Jesus' example right there, God's example. But in any case, if that does not happen, that does not mean we cannot pair up as a family and do the very, 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 very best we can to demonstrate that love in our homes, in our community, and in our church. And most importantly, in our walk with Jesus Christ. So I'll leave you with that today, family. It starts at home. Motherly and fatherly love. It starts here in the church. Be that. Be an example. Be assertive in it. And do it knowing that one day we will all stand before a just and holy God to give an account for the lives that we live. And I pray that one day he say to each and every one of us, well done. It is finished. Thank you.